I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Usually, marketers are fighting amongst their peers to generate brand awareness in an already saturated market. How does a camera marketer get its latest product to stand out from 15 similar devices? How does a new automaker enter a market to steal consumers who might already be loyal to one brand or another? Every marketer has strategies in his or her toolkit for these types of moments. But what happens when you're literally inventing a market and the only competition you have is yourself? We're a brand new product and we're a brand new category. It's not about how do we get incremental sales away from a competitor in the plant-based egg space. We have to raise awareness that a plant-based egg exists, that it's delicious, that it's called Just Egg. Tom Rossmeisel is the head of global marketing for Eat Just, a company that develops and markets plant-based alternatives to conventionally produced eggs. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Tom details the trials and tribulations the company went through when developing its plant-based eggs, and he describes the uphill climb the company is still trekking as it continues building brand awareness and getting consumers to change their eating behavior. He also reveals the influencer marketing strategies the company has deployed to help consumers make the switch to a healthy, sustainable, plant-based diet. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey marketers, today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever, and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account. Speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by a special guest. Tom, how are you? I'm good, Ian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Excited to talk about your background, eat just, and, and everything in between. So uh, let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing? Yeah, I, I actually started in politics. So I was um, a student organizer for the Howard Dean for President campaign while I was in college. And it was inspiring for me, you know, from the usual reasons people get into politics, policy and, and change. Um, but it also was, was inspiring um, from a communication standpoint. Uh, that was the kind of the campaign that revolutionized uh, political campaigns in terms of how we communicate, uh, how we organize, how we raise money. Um, it was this sort of first like big bottom-up movement-oriented, digitally powered campaign. I was lucky to, um, to meet the campaign manager from that campaign, Joe Trippi, who became my mentor, um, my business partner. Um, and we went on to, to build a political media agency together. Um, so we worked for everyone from Governor Jerry Brown in California to, you know, more recently, Senator Jug Jones in Alabama. And I also had the opportunity during that to work uh, with the good people at the Humane Society of the United States, um, where we worked on a lot of food-related issues. So ballot initiatives relating to, you know, cage size for uh, egg-laying hens, um, to efforts for family farmers and other food-related issues. And, and that's how I, I met the founders of eJust. And I, I had to make the tough decision a couple of years ago to sort of pivot away from politics and, and, and join the team at eJust. Um, 
and it was uh, a great decision. And it was it was great to pivot from politics to to a brand without having to sort of sacrifice uh, the mission that I had been working towards. And so a, a really great home and a, a fun challenge here. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about your current role as head of marketing. Sure. Yeah. So Eat Just, uh, for those not familiar, we're a food company based in San Francisco. We have two brands. So our, our first brand is Just Egg. It's been in the market for a little over two years. It's a plant-based egg. So we've got now sort of three Just Egg products. So we've got Just Egg Liquid. It's in the egg set. You know, it's a, imagine a, a liquid egg. I mean, you can make everything from an omelet to a scramble to a frittata. Pretty much anything you can do with conventional eggs, you can do with Just Egg. Uh, we also have Just Egg Folded, which is a frozen, kind of like the, the egg patty you get on a McDonald's breakfast sandwich. It's uh, You pop it in the toaster, the microwave, the oven, skillet, heat it up, put it on a breakfast sandwich or on a salad. Um, and then we we just launched our Just Egg Sous Vide, which is kind of like the, the the egg bites you might get at Starbucks. They're, they're sous vide egg bites. We've got four different flavors. And Just Egg's now at about 20,000 doors in the US. So everything from Kroger to Walmart to Whole Foods. We're there. We're also in China, Hong Kong, Singapore, Canada, soon in South Korea, Europe. And, and, and obviously, we've got our sights on, on, on more markets beyond that. Sort of the fastest growing egg brand in the United States um, and the fastest growing plant-based category in the United States. So lots happened um, in two years. Um, and then our second brand is Good Meat. So Good Meat is the world's first cultured meat. Um, and it's a pretty wild process to explain, but the, the real short story is we, we extract um, cells from a living animal, chicken, cow, pretty much any animal you want. And we, uh, we then grow meat in a bioreactor. So we feed those cells the same nutrients that they might get in, uh, in, a, in an animal, um, lipids, water, amino acids, and we're able to, to grow real meat without you know, cutting down a rainforest or killing an animal. Um, and that is a, a, a very new brand and a very new product we launched in Singapore um, last December. It's the only country in the world that has given regulatory approval, and we're the only company in the world that is currently commercially selling uh, cultured meat. So pretty exciting moment. My role is to kind of tie this all together. But the, the headline for me is, you know, how do we build the world's first global egg brand? And that may sound kind of like ambitious or crazy, but if you think about it, there is no global egg brand. Um, it's kind of a, eggs are this local commodity. They're things people buy. Um, they don't necessarily look at branding when they're purchasing eggs. And we have this sort of unique moment um, with this incredible technology, product, uh, partnerships around the globe where we can actually build the world's first global egg brand. And we can do it with a, a plant-based egg, which is uh, pretty exciting. So that that's, I'd say, the big part of my job is like, how do we figure out this puzzle? How do we effectively build a new category in retail, which is plant-based eggs? How do we position Just Egg? Uh, how do we continue to accelerate our food service growth too? You know, COVID obviously was a challenge for us in the food service side and we're seeing that that completely pick up now and, and how do we continue to build our food service growth. Another big piece of my role is capacity building. So we're going from a relatively small US brand now having our sights on building the first school black brand. So it's a, a huge transition. How do we build a platform that can be adapted to new markets? Um, how do we build a team in different markets around the world to help make it happen? So, you know, huge team effort, um, obviously myself, but our head of brand, head of comms, 
uh, our entire team here in San Francisco and, and in other markets trying to figure out how we do that. Yeah. And how, how do you all go to market? What are the ways that you're selling um, both the Just Egg uh, and the Just Egg products? And then we can, we can talk kind of, I know good meat is, is, is very new. So that's a, yeah. a, little, a little different. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tricky. I mean, we're a, a brand new product and we're brand new category. So it's not about how do we get incremental sales of, away from a competitor in the plant-based egg space. We have to raise awareness that a plant-based egg exists, that it's delicious, that it's called Just Egg. So it's a lot of awareness and brand building. So to do that, we do a lot of paid media work, uh, podcasts, connect TV, uh, programmatic video, um, a lot of influencer work, organic and paid. You know, we've been lucky in addition to the, the paid work we've done to get people like Lizzo and Kim Kardashian and other prominent people who really love our product or really uh, love the brand and, and sort of are organically posting about us, which has been really important. A big piece is menuing. So as we start to get into more coffee chains and, and uh, food service establishments, making sure that, that that Just Egg brand is on menu, that people are starting to identify if I want a all plant-based breakfast, that means a Just Egg breakfast. So working really hard on, on our menuing and approach with food service has been very important. And then in-store and shopper marketing, um, very important channels for us. Um, again, new product, new market, new category. We want to make sure people can see us on shelf, that they're, that they're getting awareness from us on uh, e-commerce channels, shopper channels, um, and in-store. Yeah. So do you, do you have a motion where people are coming to the website and able to, you know, like buy and become a, you know, subscriber or things like that? Or is it predominantly through all of those channels that you mentioned uh, in grocery stores and in restaurants and things like that? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're cold storage. So doing direct to consumer is something we've thought about. Um, we've decided not to do it right now. Just the, the logistics and cost in terms of shipping uh, a frozen or refrigerated product is tough, uh, particularly a product that it's selling at three ninety nine to four ninety nine in retail. But we have done a, f- a fair amount of like e commerce work, so linking out to, you know, Walmart and 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 Whole Foods and Amazon and Kroger, um, you know, all these retail platforms that do have uh, grocery pickup and grocery delivery um, has been important. Yeah. So when you're when you're leveraging those type of partners. And that you're, you know, you're bringing something really, like you said, new to the table, a new category. This is something that I think, you know, oftentimes CPG companies feel very kind of handcuffed in the like, what section are we in? Like, are you going to put us in the egg section? Like, are you going to put us somewhere else? Like, how do you think about that stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was very important to us early on to be in the egg set the same way it was important for Beyond to be with conventional meat early on. And we're, we're, we're lucky to have gotten there. I mean, we're pretty much universally, there's a couple exceptions, but, but we're pretty much universally in the egg set. So when someone's looking at shelled eggs and they're thinking about what they want to, to buy to make the omelet for them the next morning, we're right there. And, and that, that was really important for us. Obviously, that's part of the, the task in terms of raising awareness. Another big part is just, just letting people know, driving trial, sampling, raising awareness, you know, before COVID, we did a fair amount of experiential work. So uh, pop-ups in major cities, um, food trucks, things like that. Once COVID hit, obviously, uh, digital became more important. So think programmatic video, 
connected TV, shopper marketing channels, things like that. Obviously, you know, when you're when you're marketing a new product and, and creating a brand around something, especially like this, where I think there are a lot of people searching for plant-based things, but they don't necessarily know that plant-based eggs would would even be an option necessarily yet. Are you are you going more towards people that are looking for plant-based and giving them this option, or are you going more towards people who are looking for eggs and looking for an alternative, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's a really good question. There's two ways to answer it. There's the short term and then the long term. The short term is that we are the fastest growing plant-based category, but we're one of the smallest. So the fastest way we're growing in the near term is by communicating to plant-based consumers that there's a plant-based egg. So um, targeting plant-based meat consumers, plant-based dairy consumers. These aren't vegans, they're they're flexitarians, they're, you know, buying more and more plant-based food um, and they're, they're trying to eat more plant-based. That's the fastest way for us right now to grow. Long-term, we want to be for everyone. So that's a young plant-based consumer. It's the older dad who's trying to eat better for his, his heart, the, the family that's looking for a way to, to eat healthier, um, the young person that's trying to, to lower their impact in terms of CO2 and water use and, and impact on our planet. Tactically, right now, we're doing a lot of targeting based on plant-based consumers, but our, our long-term vision is a, is a very broad set of consumers that just see us as a better egg. I mean, we have, from a health standpoint, we have no cholesterol. We have about the same amount of protein as a conventional egg. We have less saturated fat, um, and it's delicious. From a, a sustainability standpoint, you know, a conventional chicken egg takes 53 gallons of water to produce just to sort of throw that out there. It's kind of a wild stat, just one chicken egg. And that's not because the chicken's incredibly thirsty. It's, it's because there's just a ton of resources that go into growing all the feed that then grow, goes in the chicken while the, the, the egg's being laid. By sort of cutting out that middleman, we go from plant to egg. We use 98% less water. Um, we use 93% fewer carbon emissions. We use 86% less land use. So, you know, we think we're a better egg for people that are all plant-based or people who are mostly not plant-based, but, but would look at us as a, as a better egg and a better breakfast offering. I guess we should say, by the way, what is, what is in it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a really good question. And, and that goes, sort of goes into our origin story. I mean, we started as a company with this goal. And, you know, if you go back to 2011, 2012, the idea of, can we find a plant that would scramble like an egg sounds crazy because that was before beyond or impossible or, you know, the kind of penetration we've seen from plant-based dairy, but that, that was our goal. And it was, it was done because, you know, eggs are the most ubiquitous protein in the, in the world. 1.4 trillion chicken eggs per year are laid. Can we find a plant that can do that? And so, you know, we built this platform and we started analyzing every plant, legume, grain we could get our hands on. And not building technology, but analyzing the technology that existed in the plants all around us. So what I mean by that is, what are the properties of the functional protein in all these different plants? Um, things like gelation, emulsification, protein content, things like that. We found it eventually in the mung bean, which is fortunate because the mung bean is a really amazing plant. If, if you look at the protein, it has this, the way the strands in the, in the protein are that when you throw in a pan, it gels like an egg would. 
It has that same sort of curding functionality. It's also fortunate because it's, it, it's one of the most sustainable plants on earth. Um, it has a really short growing season. It requires very little water to grow. It, in fact, the growing season is so short that it can be used as a cover crop in regenerative agriculture, which opens up a lot of doors as our food system continues to evolve. And that happened to be the plant that, that had this sort of magical property. We take the protein from the mung bean uh, and we, we do it sort of a very careful way that maintains the, the functional properties of the protein. Um, we added some other ingredients to it um, for things like color and, and, and flavor, um, think turmeric, carrot, um, things like that. And then we, we bottle it uh, for the Just Egg liquid and Just Egg folded. We, we, we bake it and then it's uh, you know, ready to heat from, uh, from your freezer. There's, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've ever seen the, uh, the office clip where Creed, Creed is, uh, <laughs> sprouting mung, mung beans in his, uh, in his desk. No, I haven't like, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You got it. Funny? <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. Uh, I, I mean, what's crazy is, is the mung bean is like a very common, you know, tool, culinary tool everywhere else, except the U S I mean, in, in China and India, it's like a, a really core piece of, um, of cooking in the U.S., it's, it, it's barely used, and so, you know, we introduced mung bean in the U.S. and we talk about what what goes in just egg, and it's kind of like a foreign concept. We go into China or Korea or other markets where mung beans eaten really wi- widely. It's very different. It's very familiar uh, for people there. Yeah, you need to get need to get, do some a partnership with uh, with the guy with who office. plays crew with the guy who plays Korea. Yeah, yeah, it's check this that funny out. thing because like there, someone's like. Creed smells horrible or something like that. And he cuts to him and he's like, I sprout mung beans on a damp paper towel in my desk drawer. Very nutritious, but they smell like death, even though they don't actually smell in real life. But um, yeah, I don't know if that is good marketing for us. I, no, it's great. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the first time like I remember hearing about them, which is, which is to your point, yeah. like it's just not something kind of eaten traditionally uh, in America or, or that we know of. And it, I, you yeah. know, I think it's so fascinating. All, all the stuff that you just said, I mean, all the stats of, of like why this is good, uh, what goes into your body is super important for your body, but it's also important for the earth. These are things that like traditionally have not always been, well, they, first of all, there wasn't transparency. So people didn't know this stuff. Um, but as it relates to marketing, people make are making decisions like that. Obviously the younger generations are, are definitely making more decisions like that, you know, exploring new products. When you think about marketing those sort of things, you know, eggs that use, you know, whatever, 80, 86% less water, for example, is that something, is that, you know, we always talk about is, is it, is it, a, is it a, a feature and a benefit? Is it something that's super important to people? Is it not as important? How do you like, how are you looking at, at you know, testing all of your messaging to see what resonates with people? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we've done a lot of research on this, um, and I, I think it aligns probably with most plant-based brands. I mean, we the most important thing for us is taste. If it's not delicious, you, you know, we can expect consumers to do the right thing or to care about sustainability and health, and you know, some will. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't taste good, it's going to be hard to to build a a, a company and a, and a brand. So we emphasize that number one, um, and we're lucky to have the kind of product development team and, and Michelin star chefs and, and others in our, in our team that have made it really delicious and versatile, uh, which, so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is health. Breakfast is something that is, uh, it's sort of stubborn. 
I mean, people, it resists change. People eat it over and over and over again. And that is both a bad thing for us because it, it, we have to break some of these routines and we have to get people to think about their breakfast differently. But it's also a huge plus when you think about health because you have consumers who are realizing that they're eating you know, two eggs every morning. That's, that's more, uh, I'm sorry, more cholesterol per day than their daily recommended amount just coming out of the gate on breakfast. I mean, they're, they're over 100% of their daily recommended amount of cholesterol when they're finishing their second egg. So, you know, consumers are looking at this and they're thinking about um, disease and heart health and other things. And they're realizing, given that this is such a routine part of my day, health is really important and they need to look carefully at, at their breakfast. And so we talk a lot about uh, the, the, the health benefits of, of eating plant-based and specifically just egg when it comes to, to cholesterol, saturated fat, protein, things like that. The third most important thing, and it's important, but it's, it is just admittedly from a, a consumer standpoint, less important than, than taste to health is sustainability. But I will say it's becoming more and more important, um, particularly you look at data and you look at younger consumers, sustainability is, is increasing quickly in terms of what they're looking for in, in terms of a brand. It may not necessarily be the specific breakdown of the just egg compared to say a conventional egg. It's, I want to be a part of this brand. I want to be associated with this brand because I know that it's not a marketing ploy or a CSR initiative, or it's a, it's a real mission-oriented company that is working tirelessly to improve our food system for a better planet. And when we're building our brand around that, that's helping us build these sort of loyal, you know, evangelizing consumers that, that's really important part of, of how we build this brand. So in terms of brand building as a company, um, you know, you're, you're launching or you've launched a second product, uh, you know, obviously uh, over the years, you, you've went through a company rebrand you, before, you were, before you were at the company. How much do you think about, you know, spending your efforts on the actual company brand versus the products versus uh, or your core product for, uh, for Just Egg versus like, you know, branching out into a, into a new uh, a new product? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. First and foremost, we are trying to build a, a brand. You know, we obviously do product marketing. We have to. Um, it's, it's, it's important um, when we roll out new products like Just Egg Folded and, and now Just Egg Sous Vide, our, our initial work is making sure existing Just Egg consumers are aware of our, our, our new SKUs. So you know, that will evolve as time goes on. But we're building a brand. We're building a platform, the Just Egg platform. And it's, you look at Just Egg Liquid, that's going to continue to improve. We're going to launch a, a, a new version of it every year. We're currently on version three. Just Egg Folded, same story. We'll continue to improve that. We'll have more innovations coming down the pipeline. So for us, this is about building the Just Egg brand, um, doing it in the US and doing it in other markets globally. And so for, for a product like Good Meat that you launch, is that is that something that... That's a different brand. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's a different brand. I mean, it, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to, thing to think about. I mean, the, the reason we launched the Good Meat brand separate from the Just brand is really just about making sure we're not creating any consumer confusion. I mean, you can imagine a time, I don't know if it's two years or five years or, or, or what that date is, but you can imagine a consumer walking into Whole Foods and picking up a bottle of Just Egg and loving the, the plant-based protein they get from that 
and looking over the meat section and grabbing a pack of good meat to grill and thinking, well, that's plant-based and it's not (laughs) plant-based. It's, it's real meat. It's, it's not, uh, doesn't require killing an animal. Um, it's better for the planet. Uh, it's better in a a whole host of different ways, but it's not plant-based. Um, we don't want to have our consumers confused about which of our products are, are culture cultivated and which of our products are plant-based. So we, if, if you look at the branding, we sort of maintained the frame logo that you see between the Just Egg brand and the Good Meat brand, but they're called different things because we, we want to make sure our consumers uh, understand the difference between uh, uh, Just Egg and, and Good Meat. Yeah, that's really interesting. And yeah, I'm, 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 I know what you mean where, where it's like, if you have one plant-based product and one that's not, then how do you, how do you not confuse them? That's an interesting interesting challenge. So when you are thinking about like, you know, you, you had, you know, products in the, in the past and I, I don't know, um, you know, how this fits into this. You had, you know, products in the past that also had the just name on there. How do you either distance yourself from those or, or, or shift in the market or, or like candidly, do, does the consumer just not generally pay attention close enough to these sort of things? And they're just looking for, you know, a delicious option for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been an evolution. I mean, if you, if you go back to, again, our story, you know, from the beginning, we are trying to, to tackle some of these problems in our food system and think about how do we achieve our mission um, to build a better food system. And, and from the beginning, we wanted to start with the egg. Again, that's because it's the most ubiquitous protein on, on earth, 1.4 trillion chicken eggs. There's also a really hard challenge, right? We had to, we had to figure out how do we, how do we get there? Um, we, we had some, um, and have some amazing other products. I mean, just Mayo, um, great products still available. Um, you get at whole foods, but when, when we're talking about the kind of transformational change that we want to make as a company to achieve our mission, you know, it requires us to think really big and, and, and just egg, you know, this is something people don't buy, you know, once a month or once a quarter, it's something they buy once a week, if not more, and that they eat every morning. I mean, that's, that's the kind of way that, that we're able to achieve our mission. So our focus um, without question has shifted really towards just egg. You know, that is what we spend the majority of our time thinking about because it is the vehicle um, we think as a company can not only help us hit our business objectives, but help us achieve our mission from a human health perspective uh, and, and certainly from a planet health perspective. You talked about Utilizing influencers uh, and podcasts. Obviously, we love podcasts here. <laughs> Clearly, this is a staple of every marketer and CPG's uh, wheelhouse now. Like you just seems like a, you have to do it. Uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't say you have to, but it seems like many many CPG folks um, are trying to figure this out. And you have a product that actually you can get some some serious organic reach from. How do you think about those type of like organic campaigns? versus paid campaigns versus the integration of how to do all of those together? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, I think the podcasts are such a great format because it, you have enough time to, you know, explain what the product is and why you should buy it. And, and I think particularly for us, we need that. I mean, we need to be able to, we need a host to, to talk about their experience using the product in their own kitchen. Um, and talking about their amazement of how it scrambles and how it tastes. Um, we need the time to be able to talk about the benefits from health to sustainability. So like, I, I think we've, we've had some really great results from podcast advertising. 
um, because of that. Um, it also help, helps us hit this demographic that we that, that we definitely focus on, which is younger, more educated, more urban, um, and, and podcasts, obviously a, a great channel to be able to do that. Influencer is a similar story. I mean, again, it, it lets us actually show people how easy it is to use and how delicious it is. And when you have a, uh, an influencer on Instagram, you know, actually cooking a recipe that, that helps a lot given some of the challenges we have with a, with a new product and a new category. We've also gotten really lucky organically. And I think it's a testament to, to building a, a kind of a cool brand that people want to be associated with. I think it's a testament to certainly our product development team, making a product that is just like mind blowing to a lot of people that they can, that as they're um, more and more celebrities and athletes and comedians and actors are, are making the switch to plant-based and a lot of them like just couldn't believe that an egg could be a part of that. And then they discover us and they're usually pretty excited to, to share their experiences. So when someone shares something like that and you say, you know, I, we'll just, I, who's someone, who's someone famous who shared something that we can use? Uh, Lizzo is a good example. We had no idea that was coming. And then one day we just got an alert and, fit and noticed that she was cooking a bunch of dishes with just egg. So yeah, this is something, this is a, a good example because so you have someone like Lizzo who shares something like that, cooking with just egg, this is great. But then you have, you know, a large percentage of the population that that is younger that they might not cook at home <laughs> very often um, and they eat out a lot or whatever. And you have like a cool partnership with, with Pete's Coffee, for example, for a breakfast sandwich that uses Beyond Meat and just eggs. So you have this sort of thing where it's like, you always want to have a call to action with these type of, when you get pressed like this, it's like, hey, you can make this stuff at home. Or if you're near a Pete's, you could go, you know, try this right now, sort of a thing. Um, and so I'm curious, like when you get something that's like this organic, uh, someone shares that, are then you running, uh, as soon as you see that, are you running campaigns towards those demographics like right away? Or are you like, oh, we got to spin up a digital campaign or a, or an Instagram campaign or something like that, like right away, because to, to kind of coast off of all of this organic that we're getting and, and hopefully, you know, retarget a bunch of the people that, that clicked over. What are you doing there? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing a lot on an always on basis. I mean, so if you, you know, think about search, obviously been really important. So people who may see a post by Lizzo and want to learn more, um, we're making sure that we're we're capturing those people and 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 driving them to the places you mentioned where you can buy it. Social similar story. I mean, we're doing a lot of of work on on testing and learning and remarketing and and and, and different uh, strategies there. And and then a big piece of it is sort of fostering these relationships. I mean, you know, the the paid piece is important, but also if if you're getting some organic love from celebrities or influencers, it's just ensuring that we're being respectful of them, that we're um, continuing to send them product and, and keeping them updated on things we're doing as a company and, and wh why we're doing things as a company. You, you know, one thing we did with Lizzo is we, we sort of recreated the recipe that she cooked um, on her channels and we put it on our website. So if you were inspired by what she was cooking and you want to make it yourself, like you can go to our website and, and um, we sort of laid out the steps that she had originally aired. That's cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, it's, it's like when you look at the search stuff, like you all, you all show up so, so frequent if you search like plant-based eggs, which is obviously amazing, but you also have things like 
you know, somebody somebody searching for just egg. Uh, in the second, as I as I type it into my into the Google machine here, you have like just egg where to buy is like you know one of the one of the top top searches. Good, you know, kind of after that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, and those are the sort of things. I mean, that's like the next step. That's the that's what makes this stuff way harder to market than uh, a product that uh, is D to C. Right? Is like you don't just have hundred percent of that funnel that you can take advantage of. And it's, w- I mean, it's way, way harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, if I, I forgot which po- podcast I, I heard this on, but you know, some, I think impossible is doing direct to consumer. And I think one of the reasons they're doing it isn't just for sales or new consumers. I think they're doing it for, for learnings. I mean, if yeah, you, 100%. If you have a direct-to-consumer channel, you can do a lot of testing and you, and you get that sort of full funnel data back. Um, we can do a little of that through some shopper channels and, and through some partnerships with some retailers, but it's it's a lot harder for sure. Yeah, it's a lot harder. And ultimately, like you, you're still, you still rely on like their landing pages and their checkout and their all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, like anytime you're using anyone else's channel, whether it's, you know, whoever, whoever the the places, they don't just want to sell you that one item. They want to, they want you to buy five more things with that, right? Like they want you to unlock free <laughs> shipping. They want you to do all sorts of stuff where you're like, no, just, just check out. <laughs> exactly. uh, just, yep. just get just egg. That's all we want. Like complete the transaction. I, and uh, candidly, I mean, that's obviously why D2C companies have, have become giants overnight is, is their ability to, to figure all this stuff out. Um, and then once you're doing, once you have all that stuff optimized, then you can get into all a myriad of other types of really creative ways of segmentation and looking at different types of audience, you know, the Lizzo fans and then the, the non-Lizzo fans uh, that are out there looking for, for different types of, of recipes. Obviously, food social is, I mean, it's, I don't know if there was, if there would be rankings on this, but overhead cooking videos, all that sort of stuff, looking at recipes. I mean, it's, one of the biggest things that's on Instagram at any given time, not including the people of just taking selfies with their food. So like when there's, when there's a channel that's that like tailor-made and fit for this, I mean, do you just spend an inordinate amount of time thinking and working on that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a incredibly important part of, of our media mix. I mean, we, I mean, particularly when you talk about, you know, the most important thing from a messaging perspective for us is, is taste and, you can't sort of share that via social media, but you can you can um, share what the uh, influencer poster um, thought of the dish when they tasted it. You can share the imagery that evokes, you know, the idea that this is something I really want to eat. So, like, you know, bring people into that so they like they can they can imagine a, a meal with with just egg. Obviously, really important. And recipes are just a, a great way to engage people. Um, so very important to drive traffic, not just on our channels, um, but drive traffic to our website, um, for people to learn more and to explore what they can do with our product. What are some other things that types of campaigns that you've run or different channels that you found interesting? Uh, are you doing out any out of home? Are you doing all digital stuff? Uh, what are you, what are you working on? Yeah. Um, you know, we did, uh, a campaign for the holidays, um, which was fun. We sort of looked at the insight that the holidays are a time where these changes, almost cultural changes in how we eat, are kind of clashing with older generations. 
So, you know, think of the, the younger kids coming home for the holidays and mom and dad thinking about how they're going to cook a, a, a Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner um, with two plant-based eaters at the table. How do we continue recipes that, that are about family and tradition, but do it in a different way? So we launched our, our start, uh, start Your Tradition campaign in December to try to get at that and kind of lean into this kind of almost conflict or, or um, this clash that's occurring on the holidays. We ran a survey, which was, you know, kind of fun to like just dig into, you know, what these different generations are thinking differently about, um, about eating and, and around the holidays. And we found one third of U.S. households are uh, setting a table for a plant-based eater around the holidays. So it's, it's gotten to that scale now. We also produced a 30-second TV ad that we ran on Connected TV um, to um, utilizing plant-based uh, data. So people that we know, verified data, uh, deterministic data of plant-based consumers. So people buying Beyond Meat or Impossible or Oatly or, or any of those other plant-based brands. And then we also did a bunch of uh, influencer work. So challenging influencers to remake a family recipe with their mom or dad. Uh, but make it plant-based. And it was kind of a fun thing to go through and, and see these different generations trying plant-based food. And, you know, you get the, the younger people who really kind of lean in quickly and like love the idea of changing the products they're eating and, and, and for a whole host of different reasons. And older generations tend to be way more resistant, but when you actually get them in a kitchen and you actually get them cooking a delicious French toast or frittata or, or some other dish that that family has always liked to cook and you kind of make them try a plant-based version of it, they're usually pretty blown away. And it's, it's fun to see that happen. Yeah. That's the funny thing. Uh, so my, my, I didn't tell you this, but so my wife is a, uh, or was a chef. Okay. Yeah. So she, uh, went to Le Cordon Bleu and, and was a chef for a while and, and now she has a second career, but, but it's funny. So we, we, we try all sorts of different things. We use like a lot of like different alternative milks and different stuff cooking and you're always kind of trying to like tinker and find new stuff but it's funny like when 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 we go like make food with my mom where it's like she's not gonna uh she's just gonna use cream if it calls for cream right you know she's just gonna yeah. use eggs if it calls for eggs and that's kind of where the fun stuff comes in is i think like thanksgiving and the holidays and it's it's a great example or birthday parties or whatever where it's like oh i just made this dish that's 100 percent plant-based and like you know, you kind of don't tell anyone until they've had it and you're like, they're like, oh, this is so good. How'd you, you know, how'd you make it sort of a thing? So I, I think that that is like, that is the way that I think, you know, we, we always talk about on the show about accelerating word of mouth, right? Is like, that's where truly like word of mouth starts to accelerate and people start using it more and more and more is, you know, now that we can get back together again here soon, uh, hopefully more more parties and Fourth of Julys and things like that where people can share those recipes, uh, and then you you start to see the the flywheel spin a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a sea change. I mean, the, if you look at how fast it's grown, you know, look at plant based dairy, look at plant based meat, which is more recent. I mean, eighteen percent of households buy plant based meat now. One third of households are flexitarian, and that's if I remember correctly, that's a twenty eighteen number. So. I don't actually know what the current number of households is that are flexitarian right now. Um, so this is like, this is moving really fast. You know, just if you look at Just Egg, I mean, we didn't exist two and a half years ago and we're now in over a million US households. So, um, and, and like I said, we're, we're the fastest growing plant-based category 
but we're one of the smallest. And so you can just sort of see how this is changing, how fast it's changing and accelerating. Well, what's on the horizon? What's next uh, for Just? I mean, a few things. Uh, right now, we are we are currently running our plant-based hits eggs campaign, um, which is like a really simple campaign. It is communicating directly to plant-based consumers. So using data from IRI and Nielsen and other sources of plant-based consumers um, and letting them know that plant-based uh, is now in the egg set. Um, and so the, the creative is, is basically plant-based uh, hits eggs, but plant-based also hits all these other delicious dishes people want to make. And they, they couldn't really do it plant-based effectively before. So um, think French toast, omelets, frittatas, stir fries, plant-based is hit not just eggs, but it's hit those dishes too. So we're currently running that. That's mostly a programmatic play. So connected TV, um, display, pre-roll video. And then we're going to be launching a paid campaign in early June for sous vide. So again, that's already in uh, on shelves in the frozen section um, at a number of retailers. Uh, by June, we'll get the kind of distribution we need to, to really kind of start amplifying that. So we'll be doing work on social, influencer, other channels to help promote Just Egg Sous Vide. Okay. Lightning round, Tom. Here we go. Uh, these questions are brought to you by Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Automate your engagement with every single customer. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Lightning round questions. Tom, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one. Where's your favorite place to cross-country ski? Oh, man. The um, a place called Rikert near Middlebury, Vermont, where my brother lives. Um, I was lucky to spend January up there, and it's just amazing. So highly recommend. Well, my wife's maiden name is Rikert. <laughs> it's funny. There you go. What is a favorite podcast, book, TV show, something you've been checking out recently? Yeah, happy to plug Ezra Klein, uh, his podcast um, with, the, with the New York Times. Um, he also happens to be a, a, a fan of Just Egg, and he's been writing a lot about um, our food system. And um, he just wrote a column about the, the meat moonshot, which is sort of a, uh, a, a plea for um, our government to um, lean into the technology that can help improve our food system, it's sort of try to become a leader in uh, culture meat. And uh, I, I certainly agree with him on that point. If you weren't in marketing at all or business or politics, because you've already done that too, what do you think you'd be doing? Can I be a, can I be a professional basketball player, even though I'm not yeah. good at basketball? Okay. Sure. Great. Let's do that. What is your best advice for a first-time head of marketing? It's a really good question. Uh, I mean, very cliched answer, but it's, it's really about the people on your team. You know, I came from the, the politics world where campaigns, you basically build a political campaign to go bankrupt is, is what a political campaign is. You, you raise a bunch of money. You want to make sure that when election day hits, that you don't have a single dollar left in the bank. And it's kind of chaotic. And, you know, you're, you're working with a campaign and you don't have a lot of say over who that campaign may have hired. And it's sort of, make the most of the situation and, and go, go, go. You know, coming over to this side, you realize that you're building something that's, that you're scaling over time, that you're um, figuring out better systems and processes, that you 
um, have to build capacity um, in all sorts of different areas. And all that comes down to is what kind of people you have around you, what kind of people you can hire, what kind of people you're lucky to to work um, side by side with. So, you know, spend um, a significant part of your time. I don't know what that is, if that's 10% or 50% or what, but thinking through who's a part of your team and, and um, who you need to add to it and, and how, how that team works together. Tom, that's it. That's all we got for cool. today. Thanks so much for joining. We're going to check out Just Egg. Uh, I'll get it at my local Whole Foods and uh, I'll, I'll report back to you. Uh, all right. See, see how we did. Uh, well, we're the sandwich. We have the highest loyalty of any branded egg. So if we get you once, I think we're going to keep you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining. Any final thoughts? No. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Take care. All right, Ian. See you. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Marketing.